0: All right, Maasechet Pesachim, and we begin the seventh perek. We begin with the details of how to actually roast the Korban Pesach. We begin, How do we go about uh, um, uh, roasting the Korban Pesach? Uh, so we bring a poma- piece of pomegranate wood, a branch, We'll see why that particular type of wood. And we put the uh, smaller end into its mouth until it comes out the other end. Um, uh, and uh, so that the, uh, the, the larger, the wider side would end up being at the mouth. And then we actually hang it upside down with the head towards the bottom, but because the bottom is wider, uh, it won't slip off. Um, okay, it's going to be a little bit gory uh, today, so I hope uh, you're uh, not eating dinner, or if you are eating dinner, I hope you're eating lamb chops. Uh, um, now, you can't actually roast the whole thing whole. You have to take the insides out, the intestines, and clean them out, because it would be disgusting if to cook everything inside. So you, do, you take the intestines out. Also, the bottoms of the legs, they cut off but it still has to be roasted together with uh, with everything. Uh, the Pasuk says, its head together with its legs and together with its entrails. So what do you do? That all this stuff that you took off, uh, that you took out, um, you still has to be put back and roasted together. So the first opinion says that you actually take the entrails and the hoofs and you put them inside the, uh, the the stomach of the inside the animal and then close it up and it's all gets gets roasted together that way no you can't do that because then that stuff that's inside is actually getting uh, uh cooked in other words it's being like boiled it's not directly getting cooked from the fire and it has to be barbecued roasted directly from the fire and now this intestines that you put back in are getting are getting heated from that the heat contained within within the uh the animal and the juices there so that's no good that's not considered sali rather the parts that you took out you uh, put on the spit uh, on uh, in front of, on top of the head or under the head since it's upside down. Um, but they're separate. So they're being barbecued together, even though they're not actually in the animal. And that's considered sali And salin, okay, that's important. Machloket, we'll come back to that. That's the And pesach loal shapud lo askelah. One may not use uh, shapud, would be a metal spit, uh, nor on a grill. Askala comes from a Greek word, uh, scale, like, uh, like, uh, like to scale a ladder. So because the, the, it'll be a griddle or uh, um, uh, they, there are, um, a, uh, a grill that would look like a ladder, you can't put the animal on top of it the way we usually would barbecue. Uh, the Gemara will discuss the reason because the metal itself is getting hot and the metal is cooking from the heat of the metal, but that's not roasting. Roasting means it has to be cooked only from the heat of the fire. Directly. And yet, even though the halakhah is one may not allow to do that, Rabban Gamliel sometimes followed his own opinion against the majority of the other sages. And here in this one case, he told Tavi, his uh, servant, to go and roast the Koban Pesach on a grill. So you see that Rabban Gamliel did go against the majority and said, considered that permitted. And it's interesting how the Mishnah records that as a story, even though it goes against the majority halacha. All right, that's the Talmud. The Gemara is going to have a number of uh, topics uh, related to this. First of all, the type of stick that we use, what kind of wood, we'll see why, where to put the entrails. We saw that machloket, we'll discuss that more. And then we're going to get into laws regarding blood that's inside an animal. Um, if you have meat stuffing, uh, we, we have the, here the principle, and we'll bring three attempted proofs and a challenge. And then we'll talk about removing blood from other parts of an animal and soaking meat in vinegar. So a lot of actually very important and practical laws today uh, for how to deal with removing the blood so that we don't consume prohibited blood. All right. First question is, why do you have to use a wooden spit? Why not a metal one? Answer, so I did the ham mixato ham kulo because when part of the metal becomes warm hot, so the rest of it we call that metal conducts heat. And then, since the uh, part of the metal is out and getting heated by the fire, then the entire uh, rod gets hot, and now the part of the meat that's on top of the rod it will be uh, cooked from the heat of the rod and not directly from the heat of the fire. This is like, you know, make a hamburger on a grill. You see the lines there where it's burnt from the extra heat of the metal. And so that's why it's no good. It has to be roasted from the fire directly and not roasted indirectly through something else. Okay, that's, so that answers why not metal. Why not a palm tree, right? Why does it have to be a pomegranate tree? Because the palm tree has grooves in it, and uh, the, the grooves, uh, there's a little bit of water inside those grooves, and then when you cook it, that water will come out, and then whatever meat is touching that boil, hot water is going to be boiled, and that's not roasted from the fire, that's boiled from water, so it's no good. Okay, how about a fig uh, 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 branch? That also has a hollow inside. The sap the sap is inside. When it gets heated up, that sap will come out and will end up boiling the meat that's near it and no good. We need something dry. Okay, Why not bring an oak or carob or a sycamore tree branch? Those also, they have knots in them and we've got to make it smooth in order to get the animal onto it. And once we cut off those knots, it's going to open up uh, um, the the uh, 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 a passageway for the water, for the sap inside to come out. And then that also will be boiled and not, uh, not totally roasted. Okay. So, what's your solution? To use pomegranate wood, but that also has knots, right? Aren't that going to be a problem? Two answers. Yeah, it has knots, but the knots are smooth. And so, don't, don't cause bumps. So, we actually don't need to cut them off. Or a branch in the first year, and it doesn't yet develop knots, and so you don't have to cut them off at all. Uh, okay, what about the place where you cut it off the tree, right? So this is going to have a, uh, a cut there, and some, some uh, liquid can come from that place where you cut it off from the tree. No, that place is outside the animal, right? After all, we're putting the whole animal onto it. And so that part would be uh, facing down and the animal is not touching the place where it was cut from the branch. And therefore, no uh, moisture from inside the branch will touch anything from the, from the meat all right good so now we figured out why it has to be a pomegranate branch and now this machloket of how to uh, where to put the entrails and the hoofs wait more about the 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 metal spit um the biuda's opinion is against the, the the majority opinion of the mishnah he said look just like a, a piece of wood a spit made out of wood, does not get burnt. Isn't that an amazing thing? If you put wood in fire, it's going to get on fire. Yet, if you use it as a spit, somehow it doesn't burn. So you see that the spit doesn't get so hot. So too, uh, a metal spit also is not going to get very hot, and you don't have to worry about uh, there's something the meat that's touching the spit being cooked from that. That's the opinion of the Behuda. It would seem that Rabban Gamliel, Perhaps agrees with this because the Rambam used metal. The actually went a step further and you actually used a griddle, not only a spit. So uh, there is some difference between them. So that's what is thinking. He says metal is okay. The Rabbis told him no. It does, it's not. You cannot compare the two. Metal, when part of it gets hot, the rest of it gets hot, and it will. Um, uh, be, Become cooked, uh, whatever is touching the metal. But wood, that's not true. A piece, part of the wood can become hot. The rest of the wood will, will not get hot. And uh, so that's why wood is preferable. All right. Now, what do we do with the entrails? Do we put them inside or cook them outside? Uh, each of these sages had a nickname that they would call the Korban Pesach. Bishmel called it toch toch because uh, an animal It would make that sound. So he evidently agreed with the be with the first opinion. It would be Yoseh Hagilidi who said you put them inside, and when you put all those entrails inside, it makes a boiling kind of sound. Uh, toch So uh, he called it that. Or maybe toch just means like betoch, right? He called it. That's a stuffed. It's kind of like an, a stuffed animal. Uh, so that's why he called it that. Whereas Bitarfan called it a helmeted goat. Why is it helmeted? Because you put the entrails and the hoofs and those parts um, near the head, on top of the head or upside down under the head. And so then when you look at it, you see the head of the animal and on its head is uh, the entrails. It looks like a uh, helmet on top of it. So it looks nice and uh, handsome that way. Uh, So since it reminds him him of a helmeted soldier, he calls it a, a helmeted goat. And that ends up becoming a nickname for, uh, in general, the, this, the type of roasting that we do for a Korban Pesach. Um, now, right nowadays, when we have no bet Mikdash, we are not permitted to prepare a Korban Pesach in the same way as they did in bet Mikdash. So, what was what was, what you had to do in Beto Tash, we are not allowed to do that nowadays. So what, what is the definition of something that is not, a, not allowed for us to do? When we roast the entire thing at once. Uh, so that's not allowed. But even if you just leave one part out, it's okay. If you had cut off a limb, we cut off the, the hoofs anyway, but if you cut off the, the whole leg um, and you don't, you, you you don't roast it together with the animal, then that's okay to do nowadays because it wouldn't be good to do in the Bet days or in the Ishlak me Menu Ebed. Or one of its limbs was boiled rather than roasted. and ze kulas. This Doesn't fall under the definition of Gedim EKulas. It would not be a kosher b'kurban Pesach and therefore would be permitted to eat, cook, and eat today uh, for, uh, during Pesach. Okay, that's the Beraita. We're just gonna analyze why it brings these two cases. You mentioned the first case when you cut off one of the limbs and, and uh, roasted it separately. I mean, you didn't eat it raw, so we assume that they roasted it. So if you have that case, then why do you need to even say the second case where you took off a limb and you boiled it? If it, if it's uh, not called a gidimikulas when you took it off and roasted it separately, then certainly it would not be defined as gidimikulas if you roasted it, which is not not which if you boiled it, which is not roasting altogether. Uh, so the answer is amarav um, sheshat The second case doesn't say nechtach. So it actually means when you left that that leg on, but you boiled it while you were roasting the rest of the animal. So that whole animal is intact. And yet even that is not called gidi meh because one of the limbs was was boiled um, before it was roasted. Uh, All right, so that takes care of uh, that case of where to put the entrails. And now we're gonna talk about the uh, um, stuff, uh, um, an animal stuffed with raw meat. Um, and what about the blood that is inside that will come out? So a little intro to the laws of blood. Uh, the, the the blood that's not allowed, that the Torah keeps talking about all the time, ki adam um, hu ba nefesh, that, uh, the, that the, life, the life of the animal is in the blood and therefore the blood is not permitted that refers to the initial blood that comes out of the neck when one does shechita, the animal, the the blood that comes out that is its life. Um, That is the one that is prohibited midoraita, and one would get karet if they ate that. Okay, what about any other blood? Okay, any blood that's in the meat, that remains in the meat the whole time, is permitted to eat, right? Because uh, otherwise there'd be no way to eat at any meat ever, right? When we salt something, not all the blood comes out, right? Only a certain layer. Uh, so blood that remains in place and is either raw, you're allowed to eat raw meat without salting because nothing came out. Or if when it's cooked, it's, it remains in place. We'll see later if you soak it in vinegar, the vinegar can, can uh, bind the uh, blood and that will stay in place that's permitted to eat. The only problem is blood that comes out and then gets reabsorbed, blood that moves from its place. So the problem is if you're cooking in a pot and now, so you have the piece of meat in there while it's cooking, some of the blood that was in there comes out. And then as keeps cooking inside that blood, that blood is prohibited and it's gonna go back into the meat and then make the entire meat uh, um, uh, prohibited. So that's why we have to first salt the meat and then take out that excess blood, and then we can boil it uh, with the, uh, with the uh, uh, understanding that any blood that remains in it will stay in place. Now, if you don't wanna salt it, you don't have to, you can also eat it raw, as we said, or roast it on a fire. And that way, take, take raw meat, not salted, put it, on a, put it on a spit or on a barbecue, any blood that comes out falls down and come, goes out of it. That's totally permitted. Uh, nowadays, it's hard to find raw meat that's not salted, but in my grandmother's day, right, she used to buy a whole side of an animal and roast it at home. So in that case, if you want to barbecue it, you don't have to roast it. All right, so that's the laws of, uh, that's the laws of blood. And now we can understand the following cases. Uh, this stuffed animal that has raw meat inside. Now that raw meat is gonna have blood. When you're roasting it, that blood is gonna come out. But the problem is it's inside of, let's say a, a stuffed chicken, it's inside the chicken. And so now that blood from the raw meat is gonna go into the chicken, and it could be a problem. Yet Abba says it's permitted. Uh, Amar argues and says, what do you mean? The, the, the chicken that's outside is going to absorb the meat from the, from the raw, the, uh, the, the raw meat in, inside. And so it should be prohibited. Male kebola kach labah is the principle. Just as it absorbs, so too it emits. So while it's being roasted, it's true, some of the blood from the raw meat inside will go into the, let's say, bird that's uh, outside, but that blood itself will continue and leave it just as it entered it, right? Just as it enters it, so too it leaves it, and so will eventually drip out altogether onto the fire. So even if it's closed up in there, uh, there is still a way out, right? So it can pass through the, the outside meat. That is Rabbah's principle. He says, permitted. Abaye, this seems to not accept the principle of Kebola kach and therefore says it's prohibited in this case. All right, now we're going to bring, uh, try to bring a couple of proofs. We can uh, say that uh, a support for Rabbah et from our Mishnah. According to the Bi'aseh Gelidi, you take the entrails and you put them back into the korban Pesach, right? And now it's being cooked inside. But yeah, and that's how you do it. That's allowed. must be it's permitted because it's true. The whatever blood is in those intestines will come out into the sides of the animal, but then it will continue and it will be emitted just as it uh, as it was absorbed, right? And therefore, it's allowed. So is that a good proof for Rabah from a Mishnah, right? If Raba has a proof from a Mishnah, then that would uh, really defeat Abayeh. So we say, no, not necessarily. Now, this case is different because we're roasting it whole and the place where we did shechita, the neck is open and it's facing down. So any blood that's inside that, is, uh, that comes out of the, the, uh, the, the entrails inside will drip out of the opening of the neck and go out onto the fire. Um, and so we don't have to rely on it entering the meat and coming out of the meat, it just goes straight out of the, out of the uh, opening of the neck. Uh, so it flows out. Okay, so that's not a, a proof necessarily that Our second, second proof is from the heart. If you want to eat an animal's heart, um, I haven't seen it served here, but there used to be a, a restaurant in Jerusalem that we used to love to go to. They serve the, uh, the menu is like every different part of the animal. Or you can get an assortment. They bring you, a, you know, appetizer plate. It looks like a, an operating table of some massacre or something. Um, all right. But all delicious parts of the animal that people don't usually eat. OK, why waste? So if you want to eat the heart, um, you have to cut it open. And remove the blood, because there's lots of blood in the heart. It's all contained in the, uh, the various sections of it. Uh, so that's, that's how you should eat it. What if you forgot to cut it open and you just, you just cooked it just like that, whole, roasted, Uh, It's okay, then you could still cut it open afterwards, and it would still be permitted. Okay, why? So it must be the reason is the same as, right, a proof for Rabah, that although there was blood that was stuck inside the chambers of the heart, and now that you roasted it, um, that whatever blood that was in there would have, if it entered into the meat of the heart, it would have uh, exited the same way and come out completely, even if I didn't cut it open. And so that would be seem to be a proof that we say, no, not necessarily. The, uh, the meat of the heart is very smooth. And so therefore it does not absorb the same way that most of the meat of the animal does. Right? You can, you can feel it, it's kind of... Uh, Has smooth texture, and if a smooth texture, it doesn't absorb at all. And so therefore just cut it open and get rid of whatever was stuck in there. So that's not a good proof either. All right, we'll try again. Um, This is now uh, an attempted proof from a bird wrap, and then we're gonna actually bring a challenge from another case of a bird wrap. Let's see what we're talking about. Uh, Iniveha, the first two were challenges from Baraita, from Mishnah and Baraita, Tanetic sources. Now is a proof from an MRA source story. Uh, Ravin the Elder wrapped a young dove in dough. Uh, sounds delicious. Some kind of wrap and uh, cook it all together uh, in the dough, and they roasted this bird. And so the bird has has um, has blood in it uh, that's prohibited, but and not salted, it, but it's all roasted on the fire. So the question is, how about that dough on the outside? Is it going to absorb? And he said, if, it, if the dough tastes good, give me some. I'd like to eat that dough. So you see that uh, he was willing to eat the dough and didn't worry that there's some blood from the, from the bird that went into the dough. Uh, obviously, he must have figured that the blood, whatever blood went into the dough also left it. So that's a proof that Kibbut lo'kach right? Not necessarily. The dough uh, from outside was made out of fine semida flour, which is kind of crumbly flour, and that doesn't absorb anything. It's not like a hot dog bun. It would just uh, leave. And so that that happened to be the case. And that's why he didn't worry about it. But maybe in a regular case, he would worry about the dough uh, um, uh, absorbing. All right, so at least we know in that type of crumbly dough, we, we do say that it leaves, and we, we do apply but it's not a proof for a general case. All right, now a proof against. Mm-hmm. went to the house of the Exilark. It must, you know, must be a happy, important occasion. He went to visit the head of the community. Mm-hmm. Exilark was very wealthy, so he can prepare these specialty dishes. And they had this uh, breaded goose that they made for him. Uh, so again, not salted, but roasted in some kind of uh, bread. Amad ilad hazite de la did eat it, but he also made a statement. He said, "If not that I see, the breading is as, as, as white as a coin, meaning as white as a new coin, totally clear and no blood in it. If not for that, uh, I would not have eaten it. If I saw that it was uh, there was red." I would not eat that, that the, the, uh, the bun. Uh, so you see, uh, If you do all the principle that then what's the difference? You could say, okay, it's red, but it passed through and it's not, it's not there anymore. So evidently you see Rava, well, Rava is the one that said it's prohibited before, right? So Rava does not follow this principle. Uh, okay, so, and now, so is this a proof? Uh, for the a general rule. It wouldn't be a really question on Rabah, uh because it is, in fact, uh, Rabah that did this, right? That was before. Oh, th- sorry, that was Abaye. Okay, Abaye is the one that said it's uh, pro- pro- prohibited. Um, so this is Rabah, so we don't know what he thinks yet. Uh, anyway, Ravah thought that it's a problem if it's in fact red. So, was this implied that he would agree with Abayir? It would it still wouldn't be a question on the Rabbah because Rabbah is his teacher, so it would be okay. But in any case, this even this case is not for sure that Ava would agree with uh, that it's permitted. Why? No, even um, uh, over there, it's talking about uh, white flower, right? Um, yeah, so the uh, chivatas talking my white flour, and which is which is firm, not like uh, not crumbly like this one. And so because it's firm, it's going to keep in any blood. Okay, so we have kind of two of these two extreme cases. If it's very crumbly, it'll let everything out. So everyone should agree with that. And if it's very firm and kind of tight. Then it's not going to let whatever it absorbs is not going to let it out, and therefore it has to be really white for it to be permitted. All right, from the sum total of all of these sources, here's the conclusion. If it's made out of this crumbly smida flower, then whether it's red or white, doesn't matter. The blood just passes through. It's permitted. It's this white flower that's thicker. It's totally white then that's fine. You can assume that you know the blood, obviously, there's no blood in it. If it's not totally white, it's prohibited. So this is the, the most stringent type of material. Everything else is in, is in between. If it is red, uh, then it's prohibited. If it's not red, even if it's not totally white like a new coin, it's permitted. All right, good. So that's the, uh, the summary of, of those cases. Uh, a little bit more about that. And then we're going to get to removing blood from these uh, other types of things. Um, uh, again, the stuffed animal. If you say it's prohibited, um, then that would mean even if the opening of it, the, the, uh, you know, the neck is facing down, you would still say prohibited. And the one who says it's per, per, permitted even if the neck is upwards. In other words, it's not because it drips out of the neck or not drips out of the neck, which we did use as a first answer, but rather because if you think then it, just, it will leave from the meat itself. And so it doesn't matter which direction it's facing. And if we don't hold the hold of then it's going to be prohibited no matter which way it's facing is that this stuffed uh, this animal stuffed with raw meat not salted is permitted and it doesn't matter which way it's facing all right koban pesa happens to be facing down but for all, that's for other reasons uh, okay now we get to the list of other items that are particularly uh, have a lot of blood in them and need special care so raw meat, uh, the uh, testicles and these large veins that are in the neck that have to have a lot of blood. They are subject to machlok between these two sages, Amoraim, Ravina and all the rest of the Torah. Um, the Ravacha is always more stringent and the Ravina is more lenient. And we follow Ravina, who is lenient except for the following three cases, in these three cases, everything switched. Ravacha is the one that's lenient, Ravina is the one that's, that's uh, stringent, and nevertheless, and we, and we follow, in this case, Ravacha. Point is, we always say that we always uh, uh, follow the lenient opinion for halacha. Okay, so all, all these three cases, we're going to follow the lenient opinion. All right, what, a, what, a, what has it break down? As follows. We have raw meat um, that uh, became red uh, from, from, the, from blood inside, right? It's red raw meat. So if you cut it and salt it, then you can put it into a pot, right? So that's what we do with all our meat. We salt it and then we roast it. If you don't, if you don't, even if you don't salt it, but you roast it on a on a spit, that's okay because all the blood will flow out. Everyone agrees with that. But what if you put it directly on the coals? That's the machloket. One of them says okay. One of them says not okay. Over here, it doesn't say who is who, but we see from above that Lavacha was the one that said it's permitted. Amanda um, Masmit samet. the one that says prohibited, he thinks because when you put it right on the coals, then the meat shrivels up, and whatever blood is in there is going to get trapped, and therefore it's uh, it's a problem. Mande mishab Whereas the one who permitted says the coals, the heat of the coals is going to draw the blood out, it comes out and it's not in there anymore. To be lenient. All right. So same thing in the next case. If you cut them open, you have to cut this blood inside. So you do have to cut it open. Just salting it from the outside is not sufficient. Uh, so the uh, salted and then put it put them into a uh, into a pot, it's fine. Or if you cook them on a spit, then the blood will flow out. That's also okay. If you put them on coals, same thing. or well, one says Rabakad says it's permitted, Rabina uh, says it's not allowed. One says it's permitted because uh, the it will it will uh, shrivel and the blood inside will move around but not come out. And so that's a problem. And the other says it's uh, the coals draw out the blood and it's permitted. And that would be the halakha. So these veins, if you cut them uh, so that that excess blood comes out, and you also salt them, so the blood that's inside will come out too. Then bet tata. Sorry, if you look at in that case you can even put them into a pot and boil them. All whatever blood is left will stay in just where it is. you put it on the spit, see in this case it's a little different from the others, you have to make sure that the, it's upside down so that whatever blood is there will be able to, uh, uh, to flow out. I mean this is different because this is actually the neck area. Is that considered the vein of the lifeblood? uh y- y- yes it's probably it probably is now the blood the blood itself it already died so that blood already is out so oh, this I would not you. be this would not be that high level of prohibition nevertheless it's still prohibited blood and you got to make sure it comes out there's a lot of blood there so you need it to uh, provide a way out not the other way around where it's going to go back into the rest of the meat okay. <laughs> If you put on coals, that's the machloket. The one that says it's not okay is because it will uh, get uh, stuck in place. When the permit says it, it flows out and that is the halacha, that the heat of the coals will draw the blood out and therefore it's permitted. All right, good. So those were the three cases. Now a little bit more about them. Hi, Now about the vinegar. Hi, umsa, This raw meat what you do is you take it, you, you soak it in vinegar, and the sharpness of the vinegar will harden the blood that's inside. And once you do that, the idea is even if you boil it, the blood is now hardened and will no longer come out. Um, then the smic halieh uh, asir. So uh, it can help the, the meat, but that vinegar. Is, is, pro, is prohibited, right? Because now that vinegar absorbed the blood. And so if the vinegar is red, then you have to assume that the vinegar has blood in it and is not okay. La But if the vinegar is not red, then it's permitted, right? It just went and it did its thing, but it didn't absorb, it didn't take the blood itself. Ravina is more he says, even if the vinegar did not turn red, you have to assume that there's some blood in it, right? You just soaked it in this vinegar. So the vinegar is prohibited. There's got to be some streaks of blood in it. So the son of Rav Hashem says, my father... And the son of Amemar told told Ravashay, "My father Amemar used to swallow that vinegar, and he didn't worry about the, the blood being in it. The the, blood, the vinegar is effective in uh, stopping up the blood, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't mix with the blood itself." or another version, it's that Ravashe used to swallow that vinegar. So another thing he t- he said. Uh, that son said to be." If he would soak meat in vinegar one time, he would not use that vinegar again to soak other meat. In other words, it's a one time use only. Once the vinegar uh, stops up the blood in the meat, it loses its potency. And you cannot use the same vinegar again. Uh, evidently, even though he would drink the vinegar, right? Um, he would not use it again. So it doesn't have blood in it, but it's, uh, th- it does the uh, acidic uh, uh, part of it is not as as uh, potent. The question is now, what you, how, as, how is that different from weak vinegar? There's different strengths of vinegar. Now, if you want to do, you, do this khalita, you're allowed to use weak vinegar from a, from a fruit that's weak. So what's the difference between weak vinegar and let's say strong vinegar that was once used. Wouldn't that be the same as weak vinegar that was never used? No, not the same. There, the sharpness that where it's weak vinegar that wasn't used yet, that sharpness of the fruit is still there in its essence. And so and that's sufficient to uh, to perform this procedure. Whereas here, when it was used already, the sharpness does not remain. Uh, And so therefore, even though it started off strong, it still cannot be used again. Uh, Nowadays we don't do this, uh, I think since the times of the Geonim, we say we we don't quite know how to do this halita process, so we cannot do that. Um, But uh, if you went and were able to find a butcher that would give you unsalted meat, uh, really you could uh, still uh, barbecue. Uh, unsalted meat today, even though uh, most of the time our meat is salted, and once it's salted, then you can prepare it no matter in, in any way. All right, so even though we don't, we don't have Korban Pesach anymore today, there's still plenty of relevant halachot that we can learn. Baruch Adonai